Welcome to Round Hill Radio, the podcast from Round Hill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy in the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we're talking about when we talk about faith. Good morning. It's uh, really great to be here, and uh, it's, it is spring, but it doesn't feel like spring. But uh, we are going to, to liven things up a little bit because we are really fortunate to have as a guest today, uh, Aaron Keyes, who is the executive director of the Center for Hope and Renewal. And if there's two words that I would just like to embrace uh, these days, it would be hope and renewal. So Aaron, it's great to have you on the Round Hill Radio podcast. Thank you. It's really great to be here. So um, I was very privileged to be part of a conversation that took place recently uh, with the Greenwich Fellowship of Clergy, where you, Aaron, and members, some members of your staff, some of the counselors um, who are working at the Center for Hope and Renewal, had a chance to share some of the work that you do in the community and for the community, and I was just so impressed. I, I still remember very clearly the comments that were made by some of the counselors who were there and their thoughtfulness. So I just thought, we have to find a way to have Aaron on our show and to talk a little bit more about this extraordinary resource in Greenwich, which uh, occasionally people do not know about. So we're, we're gonna do our little bit here today to try to get the word out about Center for Hope and Renewal. So. Uh, Really, really awesome. glad. Yeah, really glad to have you. So, Aaron, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, and how how it is that you became executive director for the Center for Hope and Renewal. I'd be happy to. So, I'm an ordained Presbyterian minister. I grew up in North Carolina. Was active in the Presbyterian Church in my hometown of Asheville, and early into my college process, I knew that that was the path I wanted to take for my life. So I did my college at Elon University, uh, majored in religious studies, uh, got my master's of divinity uh, from Columbia Seminary, and then moved to Manhattan, um, and where I was ordained to a role of um, associate pastor at the Brick Presbyterian Church on the Upper East Side. Then um, moved out here to Greenwich, where I was the associate minister at um, First Presbyterian Greenwich. I was there for about seven years. Okay. Did spent as a pastor of Capitol Hill Presbyterian Church in D.C. And um, right around the start of the pandemic, I got a call from some folks um, I was still in touch with here in Greenwich, and they let me know that the center was looking for a new executive director. And I knew the Center for Hope and Renewal from my previous time in Greenwich. I was good friends with Heather Wright, the former executive director. Uh And at that point in my life, I was looking to make a change. I was curious about what it would be like to step outside of the strictly pastoral role and, you know, flex some of those muscles in running a, a nonprofit. And so when the center called, I was more than happy to explore that possibility with them. Um, and that led me back, back here to Greenwich in 2020. Wow. We're lucky. We're lucky that, it, that, that all of that happened. By the way, fun fact, I was a student pastor at Brick Presbyterian Church when I was in seminary. So oh, you were? <laughs> our, our paths have crossed. Yes, wonderful. <laughs> so really fortunate then that all of those circumstances combined to bring you back to Greenwich so that you're now the Center for Hope and Renewal. And what's the, can you share with us what the mission of Center for Hope and Renewal is and how how that's evolving or has been evolving, let's say, even during the pandemic? Yes. So the center believes that 
all people deserve life abundant. Mm -hmm. And we do our part in bringing about that abundant life by offering people high quality mental health care. So our vision is to transform lives and relationships in our community and beyond um, mm -hmm. just offering this mental health support. The center was founded 15 years ago by former Sandwich Minister Neely Tao. And Neely wanted to have a place where she could feel confident sending her parishioners to get the kind of mental health care that they support. You know, as clergy, we are trained to walk alongside people in their journeys, but we don't have the same training that a therapist does. Right. And so Neely wanted to create a place where she could send her parishioners, know that they would get the highest quality care, um, but that it would be, you know, a step beyond what a pastor might be able to provide. Sure. So. So that's what we do. I mean, our um, mission and vision has evolved uh, with the pandemic and mm -hmm. teletherapy becoming um, such a dominant aspect of the mental health field. And also what we're really striving to do is to make therapy more affordable and accessible for people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, insurance being the behemoth that it is, it's often complicated to find a quality provider or to find the person in your network or to figure out your benefits. And so we try to come into this sweet spot where we can offset the cost of therapy through something called our Hope Fund. Uh, that's a fund that donors give to that allows us to provide therapy at often a greatly discounted rate. Um, but we're still able to pay our therapists a living wage for this area. So that helps us with um, attracting, you know, really good therapists and keeping them here for a long time. We are extremely blessed in that many of the therapists who were first brought on when the center was founded are still here. So mm. wow. have the longevity of serving in this community, you know, for 15 plus years. So. That's what we do, and we're really passionate about it, and we really believe in the power of mental health care to transform people's lives and relationships. And that's something we've all seen has grown um, in increasing awareness in our society since the pandemic began. Like now, it's okay to talk about the need for therapy. Now sure. it's much more uh, out in the open that this is something we all need to have abundant lives. So have you seen a change during the pandemic in terms of the numbers of people who've come to the Center for Hope and Renewal? Absolutely, yes. Um, I mean, the numbers, you know, kind of exploded right at the beginning of the pandemic as everything was moving online and suddenly people were able to do therapy from their closets or their, you know, living rooms or wherever it is. Um, and that was a great need. However, the need has only continued to grow. Um, sure. You know, even as we saw like the latest spike with Omicron and then in these months since, even as the pandemic in some ways seems like it's winding down, in some ways the fact that the immediate need has lessened, people now feel like they have the bandwidth to really take on some of the work that they need to do as a result of what we all experienced in the pandemic. So we have multiple calls for referrals every day. Um, our therapists are very close to capacity. I'm hiring new therapists right now in order to meet the rising demand. Wow. So, yeah. I was struck uh, during the session when I had an opportunity to hear some of the therapists uh, when they were giving a presentation to the Greenwich Fellowship of Clergy uh, by the number of times the word trauma appeared um, yeah. in the conversation. 
Is that is that distinctly related to the pandemic, or do you feel like that's uh, therapy related to, you know, history of trauma and so on? Has that been building over time? Um, you ever thought it, about that? Absolutely, um, it's both. So awareness of trauma and. Uh, further advancements in how we treat trauma has been taking place in the therapeutic industry for a while now. Increasingly, practitioners are realizing the role that the body plays in treating trauma. It is not something that can be treated simply through traditional um, talk therapy, but because trauma is stored in our bodies, we need the sort of whole person, whole body experience in order to heal and recover from it. So that was already taking place. And in conjunction with that, trauma was becoming more of a mainstream conversation topic. People were, again, becoming more comfortable acknowledging that they'd experienced trauma. And coinciding with that, the definition of trauma was expanding. Um, so trauma, you know, people often think of it as like an extreme event, like, you right. know, a, kidnapping or something. But the reality is that trauma is anything that emotionally overwhelms our system that we don't, we don't then have a safe place to process and express that emotion from our bodies in, in a safe way with um, other people or in a, in a way that we can kind of re-regulate our nervous systems. So all of that was going on in our society. And then you have the pandemic happen. And that is not only, um, you know, creating the potential for individual trauma in our lives, but it's also a collective trauma as we were experiencing just all the fear that initially sprung up, you know, the loss of life, um, the, the tension within our society about how to respond to the pandemic. So all mm -hmm. of that, mm -hmm. both individually and collectively, can for some people and has for many been a type of trauma. Mm. What are, um, it sounds like there are therapists, obviously they, they have certain specializations mm -hmm. and uh, definitely I, I picked up the fact that several of the therapists who were present on the day when I heard the presentation talked a lot about their work with grief, uh, yeah. grief work and also with trauma. What are some of the other specializations that people have, um, you know, on the, on the current uh, group of therapists? Mm -hmm. So we do have um, a therapist who works uh, with addiction. So she's an addiction recovery specialist. Um, most of our therapists are um, trained in couples therapy by George Fowler. Um, George is a well-known couples therapist. He really is kind of, you know, world renowned in his ability to work with couples. And George is on our staff and he has trained all of our therapists in um, working with couples. So that's something we specialize in. We get a lot of family referrals, um, so our therapists are equipped for that too. But we also have an eating disorder specialist. Um, mm -hmm. Our team a little over a year ago, and especially as we all know, the pandemic has had a significant impact on our uh, children and teens. And often eating disorders are a way in which, uh, you know, traditionally young women, but also young men, can try to seek control in their lives and calm their nervous systems when things feel out of control. So as you can imagine, in the midst of the pandemic, there you know, was a rise in eating disorders and all of, all of that accompanies that as well. Yeah. So, yeah. There was a rise in me visiting Dunkin' Donuts during the pandemic. <laughs> I can say that for sure. So 
it's never good when you when when I go to Dunkin' Donuts and find that my my order is practically prepared for me when I walk through the door. So <laughs> they know your name. They're like, here you go, Ed. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we seek comfort in all kinds of different ways. So exactly. Um, <clears throat> I love the phrase that you used when you were talking about. I, I think your understanding of your work, but also the the centers self-understanding of its work, that term life abundant. Um, can you say a little bit more about that? Just what that means to you personally and how you see that as becoming kind of a, you know, a star on which we can set our gaze as we, as we hopefully continue to emerge from the pandemic? Absolutely. Um, so as I said, the center was founded by a Christian pastor and everyone who is part of the center is a person of faith, um, mm -hmm. be it Judeo-Christian predominantly. So we're not a Christian counseling center. We are secularly focused in terms of the type of therapy that we offer. However, we share that um, mission and belief mm -hmm. that Christ came so that we would have life abundant. That is God's fullest hope for us as his creation. And so when I think about what life abundant means, I think it means what is it to be fully alive? Mm. You know, Ignatius of Loyola, one of his quotes is that the glory of God is a human being fully alive. And so what does that look like? And to me, it looks like being a whole person on every level. So emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, am I caring for myself in all of those different facets of life? Am I showing up as my best self in my relationships and mm -hmm. in my career? Am I making choices that represent um, my highest good and the highest good of those around me? Those are some of the things that I think about. And I think specifically for the center, what that means is we want to provide this to as many people as possible, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and, and it's unfortunate that sometimes, you know, as I was saying earlier, sometimes people are priced out of really good therapy. I mean, it is expensive in mm -hmm. um, our geographic location to to go to therapy. It's a weekly cost often and it's, you know, often at least a hundred dollars, if not more. And many people can't afford that sure. yet. they desperately. And so for us to be offering, you know, doing our work in that life abundant, it's to be making therapy available for more people so that more people can have the opportunity to come into their best selves. Yeah. I was thinking about um, your comment earlier, Aaron, that, that we've been living at a time when we've had some very um, strident and divisive voices that have been right part of our cultural context here for the last two years. And uh, so it seems to me that what the Center for Hope and Renewal is doing is is providing people a way to connect with the voices in their personal lives and in the culture that are encouraging them to be their, their best possible selves. Mm -hmm. And um, do, you, do you find that, what, what inspires you as you try to go about that work? Because obviously that's a challenge. Let you know the pandemic for starters, but again, some of that uh, right now, of course, uh, so much attention is focused on on the war in Ukraine, and uh, so what inspires you to do this work that you're doing with the Center for Hope and Renewal, as there's often counter voices in the culture and in the world around us. So I would say what inspires me is my own personal journey of healing and. Mm -hmm being very mindful of the ways in which 
my history and some trauma that I experienced in my life impacted my behavior at different times and, and learning from that and growing from that and seeking that healing for myself. And so I say that to, to lead to my point, which is when I look at the divisiveness in our society, in our culture, when I look at the war in Ukraine, what I try to remind myself, and this is not always easy, but what I try to remind myself is that as awful and horrific as some of the things we see in our world can be, usually, if not all of the time, it is, this is how people feel they have to respond to the world around them. And they feel that way because what has happened to them in the past? Like, you know, I don't believe that people are just born bad. I think that things happen to them that shape them, shape their nervous systems, shape their ways of thinking, mm -hmm. that turn them into, you know, destructive people in our society. But if we can take a, you know, 10 steps or 20 or 100 steps back and try to say, this is a person who is deeply troubled, but something happened to them to make them this way. Mm -hmm. And we can do anything in our power to kind of create circumstances where people can heal from their trauma, where they can heal from their past, where they can grieve appropriately. And again, come into balance mentally, come into that well-being emotionally. Then to me, that is the greatest inspiration to, you know, address what we see going on in our world and make a difference for the better in the lives of our neighbors and, and even beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really wonderful. Um, Aaron, can you say a little bit more about the hope fund and, and how that makes, uh, you indicated earlier that it makes therapy affordable for people who need that support. Um, how, how does one go about, you know, contributing to that and, just say a little bit more about that, if you could. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, we're doing a fundraiser for it right now, actually. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak about it. Um, our Hope Fund was set up uh, about five years ago in order to meet the increasing need for therapy um, and yet the struggle that people were having to, to pay for it. So the Hope Fund donors give directly to this. It is a restricted fund. All of the money goes to offset the cost of therapy. Um, and what happens is when someone calls the center and they're looking for a therapist, they speak with me and I will refer them to a, a good therapist for their needs. And in the process of that conversation, I will let them know that if they need, they can apply for financial assistance. And so we have a brief application process just to verify their level of income that gets compared to our sliding scale. And then we will offer them a reduced rate based on their income level and any other extenuating circumstances that might be impacting their ability to pay for therapy right now. Great. Wow. What a great resource. So that's, uh, that's really wonderful to know about. Aaron, we've really, it's been wonderful to have you uh, as a guest on the podcast. So, you know, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for the work that you're doing and the leadership you're providing. Uh, we want to be able to thank all the therapists who are working so hard to uh, help that vision come true for people of life abundant. We wish you blessings in every way. And uh, thank you so much for bringing hope and renewal to our community and, and the world around us. Thank you, Ed. It's really, really my pleasure. And I think I can speak for the therapists when I say it's their pleasure too. We, we all feel called to this work that we do, and we are honored to serve among this community. Blessings. You too. Thanks for listening. Roundhill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Roundhill Community Church. For more information, please visit roundhillcommunitychurch.org.